0: Hello and welcome to the Corner 3. We're posted up, spotted up, talking all things. 2024 Dallas Mavericks basketball right here on the Mavs YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you are in the great wide world. Thank you for joining us for some weekend basketball talk. My name is Bobby Krella. Joining me to the right, to the right, to the right is Austin Ivan. Austin, how's your 2024 been so far?
1: It's good. That sounded like the Cupid shuffle when you said... To the right, to the right, to the right.
0: Oh, just just wait until I introduce Isaac. Wait to see what I got for him.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh,
0: how many of your resolutions have you completed already?
2: Um. Well, not completed, but I've stuck with them. I would say. Okay. You
0: have been yeah. to Louisville yet?
2: No, I haven't been to Louisville yet. But I don't. I don't think that made the list. I don't. I don't remember exactly, uh, but pretty sure well, I didn't write like that one down.
0: You'll have to go back to the most uh, recent episode on YouTube. Fast forward to the resolution section and see, see what you can find. Uh, now, to the left, to the left, is Isaac Harris. Isaac, has your 2024 been fulfilling yet?
3: You know, it's, it started out pretty good. Been a little under the weather. But, uh, you know, have you been reading? Because la- last week on the Corner 3, comes out of a Friday at 5 p.m., we talked about our resolutions, and Bobby talked about um, reading more books in 2024 i actually have
0: been reading i started a book what um, are you reading a, a right now theory book actually from one of my uh closest friends
3: a she theory lent me a book
0: I'm, I'm working my way through them yeah okay i'll you have more read? information at a later date once i finish them but it's pretty dense material but i'm about halfway through the first one thank you very much bet you weren't expecting that
3: were you i was not i thought it was gonna be like pokeball 101 or <laughs>
0: well, I mean, what i read on my own free time for fun is different than my professional uh, my professional library um Wait, i
2: have a suggestion for another new year's resolution for you
0: all right what's that
2: um use punctuation especially exclamation marks when texting
3: mm. maybe that even an emoji you
2: know like you could throw an emoji in
1: every once in a while
3: or just respond
1: yeah, I mean, honestly, at that at this point, like, we'll just start with the reply, but then we could build from there.
0: A little background information uh, for the folks at home or out and about. Uh, we have, a, like, a group text, uh, the three of us, uh, Kat's in there. I think we have a Teams chat with Chopper in there. We have a lot of group texts, all right, and a group, group threads in this organization. And I am a very, very bad group texter. Um, I read everything but I don't really participate. And so we were having a conversation and, uh, or really like they were having a conversation and I was observing, acknowledging in my head, uh, but that apparently wasn't enough. So I- No, I, and then
2: you did finally respond. You said, sure. And it just made it seem like you were like
1: upset about it or something. Yeah.
0: I just said, sure. That's, that's all I did. I, I guess I should have, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big fan of the salute emoji. I think that's a okay. great one. Um, so I guess I could, I could use that, but even that could be misconstrued as sort of like a sarcastic, like, Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so I got to work on it. I got to work on my, on my tone and, uh, on my syntax in group thread. So I, I will work on that.
1: Okay. I will work
0: on that, uh, for y'all for the betterment of the show and our friendship. Um, so that's one group dynamic that uh, you know could use some improvement. Now we saw another group dynamic is actually back in the mix. Kyrie Irving, uh, back in the lineup for the Mavs, returned on New Year's Day. Now that night didn't go very well uh, out in Utah, but on Wednesday, uh, the Luka and Kyrie duo was out in full force against the Blazers. Those two combined for seventy points in just three quarters. I think if they would have played the you know most of the fourth or whatever, they might have gone for like. 80 or 90. I mean, they were, they were really cooking. Luca had 41 Kyrie had 29. The Mavs won big, um, Isaac, obviously having Kyrie back is really good. Um, I don't think that I'm going to ask, you know, you don't need to give a lot of analysis on that, but, um, generally speaking, like, is there a difference, uh, in the map style of play whenever Kyrie's out there, like for better or worse, obviously Luca was putting up these like video game numbers without him. Um, he did, Even still now that he's back, but what kind of what what dimension does Kyrie add to their offense um that that they simply cannot replicate without him?
3: Hey, Austin, why don't you take this one? I'll pass it to you, and then I'll catch it after you.
0: Okay.
2: You're gonna throw the extra pass to me. Yeah, yeah, I will. Um, well, I think together, Kyrie and Luca obviously you know play with so much cohesion, their, their timing, everything is really solid. And we haven't seen that both of them playing at an at an elite level in quite some time. Um but then also when you have Kyrie back and healthy, it allows Luca to go to the bench and just have Kyrie lead the offense and then rotate and let Kyrie rest and then Luca can go out and do his thing one on one. So I mean, obviously, Kyrie, Luca together can do so much. They're fun to watch. The dynamic of both of them together. I think at halftime they had outscored the Trailblazers just those two together as a duo. Um, but they set the tone together when they're both on the court defensively, and everyone else follows. So yes, together, Kyrie adds so much being healthy, but then also just having him healthy allows Luca to not put so much pressure on him to score every time and can give him more rest and minutes, um, to be on the bench. So then when he's back in the game and they're together, they can, you know, really get it rolling.
0: Awesome. I think, uh, my question made Isaac so mad that he actually (laughs) left the show for like 30 seconds. So thank you. Thank you for, for
3: saving the day.
1: We're glad he came back.
3: I'm sorry. My dog flipped out as soon as Bobby was asking a question. Oh, um, when I, you know, going back to last week, I said my resolution for the Mavericks for this coming season was they got to figure, you know, figure out get the best version of Kyrie Irving next to Luka Doncic. And when you watch a game like that, and my whole thing about that was because you know Christmas was so much fun to watch Luka against you know Phoenix and all that, but it's literally every single possession it it was Luka like hand the ball to him, felt like a pickup game, and it's like hey that works in like a game seven, but. Every single game, that just can't happen. That's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for him to play 43, 44 minutes. Every single possession go through him. And when you watch a game like that Portland game, when Kyrie's playing at that level, and as Kyrie continues to get back in the groove and stuff from his injury, that's what reminds you of that, of like, all right, man, there's some possessions. Luca doesn't have to exude all of the energy that he has. And that also saves him a little bit so he can play – we've talked about him playing defense so much on the show it saves him a little bit to where he can play more on defense or give more on defense whenever he does get criticized, you know, sometimes for the effort, it's like, all right, well, you kind of like give and take. So if he can save some of the energy on offense and to where it can, you know, he can offload some of that to Kyrie gives him a little bit more energy, you know, on the defensive end. So.
0: Yeah. Austin, I like the point that you made about how like whenever Luke is out of the game, Kyrie can still take over. You know, it's not like you have to solely rely on Luca as your only source of offense. And then whenever he's out of the game, it's kind of like, oh, let's just pass it around and hope that someone can do something. Um, in games when both Kyrie and Luca have played this year, so not you know, let's exclude all the games where one guy missed or both missed or whatever. Whenever Kyrie and Luca are on the floor together, the Mavs score 122.2 points per 100 possessions. This is according to PBP stats, uh, great website. Whenever. Only Kyrie's on the floor and Luca's out of the game. The Mavs are scoring 124 points per 100 possessions. So there is no drop-off whenever Luca checks out because Kyrie is able to handle the scoring load. Of course, you bring Tim Hardaway Jr. off the bench. And, um, you know, sometimes Seth Curry gets in there, Jaden Hardy or more offensive-minded players. And so Dallas is still able to keep the train running. And it felt like in December, you know, whenever Kyrie was out, um, they were incredible whenever Luca was in the game whenever they were out of the game, they were still finding ways sometimes to hold leads and stuff, but it's just a lot harder whenever you don't have another offensive engine. But with Kyrie, that is just, that's the case. Like you always have a superstar on the floor, which is, that's pretty sick.
3: Yeah. And you know, the, the other guys in the lineup, you look at like a Derek Lively, you look at it, Derek Jones, Jr. a Josh Green, a Grant Williams, these guys aren't, um, you know, they play a specific role on offense uh, if you want to do the whole you know 3 and D or a certain you know type of rim roller on you know offense you know lively has has some touch and stuff around the basket but none of those guys you're not passing to Grant Williams and create offense so you know you don't really have um you don't have those other guys on the floor that you're saying run the offense through so like a when hub. You, whenever you take yeah when you take Kyrie out of it you kind of like you're kind of forced to have Luka just run everything
0: yeah and, and about Dante that's, too. And
3: that's one yeah. of your favorite players this
0: year. That's true. Um, okay. It wasn't all roses though against uh the Blazers. They used to play in the Rose Garden. I did not even mean to make that a pun, but that was pretty sweet. Aww. Uh Derek Lively and Grant Williams both suffered ankle sprains in that game. Now, uh ankle sprains can sometimes be a bit of a, a bit of a problem. Derek Lively, for example, sprained his ankle earlier this year, missed, I think, four games. Uh, We've seen Luka miss a lot of uh, time with severe ankle sprains in the past. Now, on the bright side, both of these uh, guys, both Lively and Grant Williams, are listed as questionable for tonight's game. That's Friday's game against Portland. Now, if you're watching this in the future, hey, maybe there's a chance they both missed. Maybe there's a chance they both played. Who knows? Um, But, Austin, let's imagine the worst-case scenario for a minute here, that both of these guys miss a little time. You know, what uh, what are the Mavs missing without them? And then can they do anything or what can they do to kind of help overcome the absence of both of those guys for however long they're out?
2: Well, just talking about Luca and Kyrie, obviously, we know they provide the offense. So that's not the first thing you're worried about. You're worried about with Lively and Grant, the defense. And those are two guys that we brought in this year focusing on the defense. So especially with lively that just like paint interior defense, the altering shots, the rebounding more than anything. And then both of them have been vocal leaders on defense. So that's the biggest thing, you know, I think multiple players said it after the game, it's the next man up mentality. If, you know, someone's out, someone's not playing. And so you have to, you know, the guys coming off the bench, come in and play with effort. But more than anything, you have to bring that like vocal leadership, the talking, the communicating, because that's the thing that both of those guys do really well. That will be, they'll be missing probably the most.
3: You know, the the thing with missing both of them at the same time, if they're both out, which I mean, heck, I think Lively should probably just not play because the last two games he's played against Portland, he's sprained an ankle so it's a uh, curse. I know it's a it's a curse from the Blazers so protect him at all cost. But, you know, if Lively's out and Grant's playing, you have this ability to go small a little bit more and throwing Grant out there as a small ball 5. Well, then you kind of take away the second counter to that when Grant's out too. So, um it, it it's tough. We'll see what they you know they try to pull off with that. I'm assuming, you know, Dwight will, you know, play a little bit more, Uh, but it's the, you know, it's the drop off, you know, I'd say losing Lively is, you know, the, the bigger one, which I think we'll, um, we'll talk a little bit more in a little bit about their record and stuff when Lively doesn't play just that drop off. You know, there is a, there is a drop off from what Lively brings to the team to what, you know, Dwight or Rashawn Holmes brings to the team. We've seen Grant's role kind of change a little bit starting off the season as a starter. He's been coming off the bench some, you know, with, with Dante and, and Derek Jones Jr. starting. So um, they can make do a little bit more if Grant has to miss a game or two. When Lively misses, that's the thing that they have to try to figure out.
0: Yeah, it's tough because, you know, with Grant coming off the bench, he's been, you know, sometimes coming into the game as a backup four, sometimes he's been coming into the game as a backup five. And so if you're down both of those guys, then in theory, you know, you can make the case you're down your top two centers and that does um, in a way it limits your ability to play small, but in a, in another way, I mean, they were playing Markeith Morris at backup five uh, whenever lively was out initially, but Rashawn Holmes, doubtful, personal reasons. Um, Dante Exum also doubtful for personal reasons. And so you're missing uh, another big and you're missing another wing, another defensive minded guy And so I guess the question, this is all purely hypothetical. Again, both of these guys could play tonight and maybe it's all good, but Austin without those two. And also if you're without Exum, are you just trying to score 150? Like what's, what's the, what's the plan here?
2: I mean, yes, you know that your offense is going to have to carry the load and you're going to have to, you know, be making shots, but you can't have that mindset because when you do, then you're just, kind of giving up on defense and then you're going to give up just as many points. And so it won't really help. So you can't have that mindset, but you do have to know in the back of your head, like, okay, like we are going to have to score, you know, a lot tonight, we're going to have to be, you know, really clicking on all cylinders, knocking down our shots, moving the ball, trying to get in transition, get a lot of possessions up and down the court. But when you start to think and tell yourself it's okay to not play defense because we're missing Derek Lively, then that's
1: not the best mindset to have.
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree. And I think that is, you know, maybe, uh, you know, they're certainly trying on defense without him, but let's, let's get into, let's get into this a little more. So let's play a game here. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to give you all a couple, a couple points. And you are going to tell me if the thing I'm saying is something, if it's nothing, or if it's maybe a thing. So maybe you need a little more information about it first, stick it with Derek Lively. The Mavs' is record without Derek Lively the second this season. So, whenever he is out, the Mavs are one and five. Okay. Whenever he plays less than 25 minutes, they are eight and seven. And whenever he plays more than 25 minutes, they're 11 and three now. Is that something, Austin? Is it nothing or is it maybe a thing?
2: I think it has to be something. I mean, the numbers don't lie. You can't just ignore those you know three stats right there now would they be completely different if you know like is that partly luck is that partly matchups is that partly just because who you were playing those games and that's just how it you know panned out maybe but there obviously is a little something to it especially with him not playing um earlier this month when he hurt his ankle and was out four games like you said went one and three so when, they're, when they don't have lively he definitely you're missing something on defensively like we talked about but also offensively with the pick and roll the screening what he can do offensive rebounds so um i i think it's something you can't you can't ignore that those stats and those records completely with him playing versus not playing
3: yeah i agree i I think it's something you know in in those six games that he you know he missed they only won one uh one of those games and i was against the spurs and i wouldn't say the spurs are you know I wouldn't say this is, you know, at the top of the seasons in their, you know, record books as far as franchise history this year. So, you know, you look at it, it's like, all right, they're definitely, you know, there's been 948 minutes of lively off the floor this year, negative three net rating. Uh, You could go the other way and look at some of the, you know, combo stuff, three man lineups with him, uh, with him in it. Um, Just looking at the one of like the three you know, main players, I, you know, if you want to say that of Luca Kyrie with lively 235 minutes together, which you wish that number was a little higher. Um, but plus, you know, plus 11 in that net rating, 126 offensive rating, uh, in those, in those minutes together. So you want to maximize as much as possible those three on the floor together. And, uh, you know, obviously Mavs know that lively, you know, knows that. So, um, yeah, I mean it, it. It's something, and it goes back to what I said you know, a little bit ago. That just the drop off, you know, Dwight and Rashawn Holmes, uh, even Markeith Morris, even Grant Grant Williams, the other five option, you know, options at the five, um, you know, though they're, they're just they just don't bring anything that lively brings to the lineup like that, as far as you know, the size, the shot blocking ability, and everything. So it's definitely something with uh, him off the floor.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, you know, in many ways, Dwight and and Rashawn Holmes can replicate Lively's pick and roll impact. Uh, Dwight, obviously one of the best pick and roll big men of this era, but defensively, I mean, just the length, athleticism, rebounding, like you said, awesome. It's just, it's tough to replace that. It's really, really tough to replace that. So I agree. It's definitely something. Uh, Quick side note. I know, Isaac, you said that this year is not going to be a Spurs, you know, uh, watershed year or anything, but man, that game last night against the Bucks. Holy moly. That Dude,
3: was awesome. how fun <laughs> was that?
0: That was awesome. Now Austin was hard at work at the stars game last night giving you a good broadcast. But if you were uh, if you were jumping back and forth between some hockey and some basketball, man, Wimby V Giannis. Oh my goodness gracious.
3: That well, was incredible.
2: I think there's also something else I was on last night that I thought maybe you'd be watching.
3: Okay, I watched that too. So. Oh, I
1: knew it. I knew yeah, it. Yeah,
3: I just wanna I just wanna thought <laughs> Is this a pop culture thing? Yeah, yeah.
0: The, oh. the golden we talked
2: about it. We talked about it on one of our very first episodes.
0: The Golden Bachelor. I thought that was over.
3: Um.
2: Yes, but his wedding was last
0: night.
3: Oh wow! Yeah, the wedding. Wow. Okay. okay. Was it live? Okay. I just gotta say this real quick. Yeah, it was great. A lot of the Bachelor Nation was there. You know, <laughs> contestants and stuff. So it's cool seeing everyone. Um. But Bachelor but, Nation. <laughs> Yeah, that's a thing. Um, okay. I just gotta say this one moment from the ceremony that I audibly laughed. The person officiating it said, guys, I want you all to think right now, 10 years from now, what will you be doing? And the lady goes, I'm dead. <laughs> and I audibly laughed. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so morbid. Yeah. anyway, yeah, it's a great night, great celebration, great seeing everybody just back together and just celebrating love you know No, yeah. i can say as
0: a licensed efficient you have to adjust your material based on the people who are getting married you know like that person probably yeah. delivers that line to everybody all the time no you cannot have a cookie cutter thing you can you can have the bones right but you gotta make adjustments to your material um well, do you, ten years- do you
2: know, the person that did it was one of the contestants that he dumped
0: an ex-girlfriend yeah Ooh, so okay ex-girlfriend. so is she like scorned Is she like 10 years from now i i hope that y'all are uh six so she them?
1: can get another chance with jerry yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Jerry cool. yeah.
0: Her name's susan she's like susan, what are susan you gonna be, be, be doing 10 years from now the woman's like i'm gonna be dead and she's like yeah not you what are you gonna be doing guy 10 years from now <laughs> uh okay is this something nothing or maybe a thing uh josh green since he returned so he had a couple games uh, early on. He had two points in both those first two games. Then against the Warriors, he had 18. Okay. Then he goes scoreless against Utah. And then he filled in as a starter against Portland uh, for Dante Exum. He had eight points. I thought he was perfectly fine against the Blazers. Um, Isaac, is Josh Green's – Well, is Josh Green something, nothing, or maybe a thing since he's been back in the lineup?
3: Something, nothing,
0: or maybe a thing.
3: I would I'm hope you wouldn't
0: just say nothing. I guess his is uh you know, what's is there more good than bad, or is it kind of a mixed bag, or how are you how are you feeling about him?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'd go with option three of like maybe a thing. It's still a little early, you know, it's just five games back. He missed almost a month there. Um, you know, the big thing with Josh is Josh is his shot. I remember, you know, back on Media Day asking Derek Jones Jr. about kind of working on his shot in the offseason. And he said this thing, and it just made me really think about it when players go through um, just really focusing on honing in on their shot. And he's like, the goal for me in every single time is it's the consistency. The...
1: That's not me. That's not me. I'm just saying that is not Who's
3: that me. You here, Isaac? <laughs> you that wasn't it? me either. I think it was Cat.
1: I, 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 I silenced mine. I figured that out. So
0: No, that was definitely – that was not Cat. She's muted.
3: That wasn't me. I don't have anything on.
1: Okay. Actually, I'm going to lie. It was me, but listen, it did- <laughs> I thought we figured this out before we started one, two. I think I, oh I think-
3: my gosh.
1: <laughs> I think I just turned the notifications off so it doesn't pop up on my computer, but it still just makes the noise because I didn't see anything on my computer. But my phone I it says text message just now, so I'm not gonna lie, that was me. But we I really even don't...
0: tested it. We tested I, this before we started. I
1: don't know. I'm my computer hates me, I guess. I'm sorry. All right.
0: Is your <laughs> computer a thing or nothing, or maybe a thing, or what what's it's, going on?
1: It's yeah, it's definitely something it needs to be fixed for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh I just <laughs> sorry to uh there we go. You.
1: Yep. I told you I didn't silence calls. I already warned y'all on that one. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I don't know. Like, even if I turn my phone off, it, it doesn't help. So, it's, I don't know what to do.
3: Oh, my gosh. I don't, okay. Um, back to reality here. <laughs> I
1: distracted y'all. I'm sorry.
3: The thing with Derek Jones Jr. that he told me on media day was he wants every shot to be the exact same. And that's it. It's like no matter what, just it's the consistency, every single shot, every single three pointer, exact same form, exact same thing. And the thing with Josh so far is, you know, Josh has put a lot of work in his shot and everything and watching these past five games. I went back last night and watched every single three pointer he shot, which you know isn't a ton in, in these past five games. You don't see a ton of the consistency in the shot. You see changes in his legs. You see, you know, there's a shot in the Utah game in the second half. I think it was the fourth quarter near the top of the key. His legs come so far forward, just different different form of that. That's not his, like, three-point shot. You look at uh, – there's a shot in this Portland one where it looked like there was no lift in his legs, and it was just all upper body. That's the type of stuff that once he gets back in the groove, he's playing more, he's getting more reps and stuff in the game. And obviously, he's getting a lot of reps in practice and stuff, too. But it's just getting the consistency back in a shot to where every single shot he's taken looks the exact same way. So, I mean, I, I don't have any hot Josh Green takes right now. I just I want to wait and get more games under his belt.
0: Awesome. We talked about that uh, on last week's show. Basically, like with an elbow injury, you were saying if you have an ankle injury or whatever, you can still kind of shoot. You know, yeah. you can still like mm-hmm. do stuff. Yeah. Um, but if it's an elbow, you might have to just kind of chill out for a month. So you can kind of like forget almost what forget what it's like to shoot.
2: Yeah, that is definitely interesting noticing, Isaac, how you said that the shot does look different. It doesn't look like it's, you know, completely in a rhythm, in a groove. Um, so I would say for me, it's nothing just because I'm not freaking out one way or I'm not excited the other way. You know, I'm kind of just like in the middle. Um five games back. I would say if you average everything out, that's probably like kind of where you would expect him to be five games back after missing a month. So I would say it's nothing in that sense where it's I'm not, you know, going one way or the other. Um, but yeah, um Josh has talked about how he was just trying to stay aggressive and get a shot back and get into a groove and that will take some time. Um that game he had 18 points. I think maybe 10 of them were like spot up shots. So um That is, I guess, a bright spot that he was getting in a little bit of a rhythm then. Um, But you want the shot to be the same. You don't want it, you know, every single one to look different when you are making them because then that kind of forms bad habits. So uh, I I would say nothing just in the sense that, I mean, yeah, after five more games, then I think you could say it's something if he's, you know, trending upwards or, and if he's still kind of inconsistent up and down, then that's also something to be concerned about. But right now, still kind of early to his return, playing different roles, like you guys said, off the bench, starting, you know, trying to get back in a groove with how you play with Luca and Kyrie versus how you play when you're on the court with not either of them. So yeah, still, still too early to say, to say something for me.
0: I think the one thing that um the one thing that has been noticeably like apparent or whatever since he's come back is that dude is fast and he is going to do stuff in the open floor um had a couple breakaways against the Warriors had a couple breakaways against the Blazers and that speed element is really important for this team as they're trying to play faster um Kyrie also I mean him being back out there my god that guy's really fast and Exum of course and Derek Jones like these guys want to get up and down the floor and so having Josh out there to help them do that is really good Um, The consistency element in other areas, I think still a work in progress. Um, So we'll see, but it's, it's definitely good to have more speed, more athleticism on the floor. Um, And especially without Exum and then, you know, who knows how long he'll be out. Who knows how long uh, Grant Lively will miss the more defensive athletes you have, the better. Um, So it's a good thing. He came back when he did is, is what I'll say. Um, Last thing for this something, nothing, or maybe a thing. So the Mavs are right now uh, at the beginning of a seven-game homestand. They have six more at American Airlines Center, including tonight's game against the Blazers Part 2. Then they go on the road for a couple. But for the re- really, the rest of January, it's a very home-heavy schedule. It's a good thing because here are their next nine games after this game against the Blazers. And we all know, by the way, I know Blazers' record is not very good, but we all know how tough it is to beat a team two games in a row in one of these like baseball series. Um, it's very, very tough to do. So. After tonight, though, here are their next nine games. Wolves, Grizzlies, Jaws back. Knicks, just got OG on Pelicans twice, they are rolling right now. The Lakers, the Warriors, at Lakers and at Warriors, by the way. So if those are your two easiest games by record, it's still road games. And then you come home and you play the Celtics and you play the Suns. So uh, looks pretty daunting, but a lot of those games, I believe seven of those nine games are at home. So, uh, what are you thinking? Is that schedule something, nothing? Is it maybe a thing? Are we going to learn about the Mavs? Is it just a murderer's row? Like what, how are you feeling about this, Austin?
2: Um, yeah, I would say it's, it's maybe a thing. The, the home stretch is nice. A lot of the guys have talked about how they're excited, you know, to be able to sleep in their own bed for over a week without having to go somewhere, get rest, get, you know, regroup. So, You definitely want to win um, more of those games than you lose when you're at home. But like you said, there are some tough opponents thrown in there and the next nine are definitely, you know, top two teams in both the Western conference and Eastern conference. So uh, there are some challenges for sure. Uh, The health of the team is definitely plays a factor in, in this schedule. Um, But when you have Luca and Kyrie, you should be in every game. So that is a plus. And I think, Playing more of them at home than on the road definitely helps too. So I think it's something. I think that you know, for the most part, um, they should be able to take care of business in the games that they know they can win, and then the other ones that are tough, it will be it will be good to see you know how they play in those and what comes out of them if you know other people step up with lively out, um, with Grant out, with whoever you know is in and out of the lineup. So I'll say it. It's it's maybe something.
0: Hopefully they're not out, but
2: right man, exactly man, the
0: way this season is going, who knows? Um, it'll be really important to see how they do against those teams too, Isaac, because Dallas currently just five and twelve against teams that are above five hundred, and a lot of these teams that they're playing are.
3: Yeah, I think you know you ask yourself the question of like, hey, what can you learn about the team through this stretch? Um, will this stretch impact um, anything they potentially do at the trade deadline? I don't know. You know, does it? You know, if they, gosh, if they win a ton of these games, does it make them like more hesitant? If they lose a ton of these games, does it make them more active? I don't know about that. I think they probably know um, what they have right now, what their team is. Um, does it change like your outlook on the team as far as like how far you think they can go uh, if they go out here and win a ton of games on this stretch? Um, maybe, I don't know. Like I, So I, I'm kind of with Austin on it. Of, like maybe it's something – um yeah i mean of course you don't want to you know lose a ton of these games and fall back in the standings and stuff but um you know you're thankful that that it's home but you also don't know who's going to be playing i mean that's one of the things it's like you you never know who's going to be uh in some of these games you know for the opposing team to where you know you go against one of these teams on the schedule and it's like oh well these two guys are taking the night off or whatever it is it's like all right well now what we thought was a big time this is this is my whole thing like at the beginning of the season this is why i'm against the whole like strength of schedule things um i, I think it's one of the most like ludicrous talking things in all of sports i i hate it at the beginning of seasons whenever it's like hey this team has this hard of a like this strength of schedule i'm like dude you don't have any clue like what you know memphis is gonna look like in february what are you, how How are we trying to say that this is uh or like trying to predict you know wins and losses at the beginning of the season it's like september you're like dude i think march is gonna be you know big month they're gonna yeah it's like anyway anyway so uh you're getting me i'm just saying that point. is a disgraceful question schedule <laughs> schedule talk is uh i have a lot of hot takes on schedule stuff uh, I, I, well, here's I
2: saw a... a kid that, like, from a, I think it was a Hornets game, and he, like, flew from Australia for two days to go see, yeah, Lamel and they probably planned that trip out, who knows how far in advance, and then Lamelle, Lamelle is not playing that game, so it's like, like you said, Isaac, you just, you know, thinking ahead before the season starts, it's hard to predict what's going to happen in that specific game, so, yeah, yeah. even even in a two-week-ahead look-ahead, you still don't know exactly what's going to happen and who's going to play.
0: yeah. Yeah, it is tough. But last uh, final bit of schedule talk, there's no reprieve after the next nine games. You go Hawks, Kings, back to back, Magic, Wolves, Bucks, Sixers, Nets, Knicks, Thunder. <laughs> that takes us to the trade deadline. So uh, the next 15 or so games, woo, buckle the heck up. You know what I'm saying? And that's whether these guys play or not. Uh, okay, now, this is something that I've always kind of thought about or I've always been like, curious about because everybody consumes basketball in a different way, right? Some people get swept up in the, the theater of it all, the entertainment aspect. Some people really um, follow the crowd. If the crowd is into it, hey, it's a great game. If the crowd is kind of dull, eh, it's just kind of tough to feel it. Um, some people like to stargaze. I'm following Luca. I'm following Kyrie. I'm only following LeBron. Some people think bigger picture. Some people think stats. Like, whenever you turn on an NBA game, every single person experiences it in a different way. And uh, I've just been, you know, kind of curious as people that, uh, Isaac, in your case, you know, you've worked in the league for a while. Austin, you've worked in the league. You've also worked on the broadcast side. Um, so on the, on the back end, you're thinking about the game a different way. I'm thinking about it the game a different way than both of you. So I'm just kind of curious. Uh, Isaac, let's start with you. Whenever you watch a Mavs game, or maybe even a non-Mavs game. What are you looking for? What do you think about whenever you watch a just a general, regular, random NBA game?
3: I love this question, by the way, because there's just like so many different uh, things that you could say with this, and there, you know, there's no like right answer. Um, some of the things that I I gravitate to is body language. Um, I I love watching uh, players' body language with different situations and stuff in the game. Um, I mean, in, in like personal interactions, I love watching how teammates interact with each other. I love seeing how players interact with the coaches players interact with refs, except for Luca. Um, I love seeing how, you know, different uh, guys from other teams, you know, interact with, you know, the other team, you could kind of see, okay, there's some respect there. You can kind of see where there's not any respect there. Um, you know, based off some interactions and stuff. So, I'm, i love you know the body language doctor and all that stuff. I love watching all the ins and outs of the personal interactions of the players and stuff. And you know, as far as basketball, you know, if you want to go with like the gameplay part, I love watching adjustments. I love seeing what changes over a game, over a quarter, coming out of um, a timeout, coming out of you know halftime, and seeing how a team adjusts on offense, and defense, or some of the matchups and all this stuff. In game adjustments is some of my favorite things in all of sports really i mean basketball football whatever i love seeing how coaches and players change on the fly there's one thing to you know prep something but whenever you see something kind of thrown out in the middle of the game i'm I'm fascinated by that and i want to see how it plays out whether it works or whether it doesn't
2: yeah i like that um like the body language and stuff and in ways you can see that when you're watching a game on TV, but also you can see things when you're at a game in person that you wouldn't see on TV. So there's, you know, pros and cons to also watching a game at home versus like being there in person. Um, When I was still playing, I watched a lot of film, like the way I watched games was obviously different because I was mainly just looking at, you know, point guards and trying to like model my game after some things they were doing and how they were a floor general, like their handles, how they were, you know, getting their, team involved in what they were doing so um, I never really like watched or had like teams like when I was still playing that I just like watched for fun honestly like most of the time I was doing it to like break down film so I never looked at it like as a whole Um, now it's kind of now I'm not playing I kind of look at it obviously differently Um, just when I'm watching as a fan obviously it's it's hard not to just watch Luca and see what he's doing at all times, or watch Kyrie and you know see how they're interacting together. Um, but working on like the backside of things, and you know like seeing how a broadcast is put together, and now also doing like some analyst stuff. Like you, I love the stats. I I love looking at you know kind of the adjustments too of like looking at the stats at halftime, you know, and seeing they only had you know so many offensive rebounds, but in the second half they really were you know change something and crashing the board. So, um, I, I, love pulling up, you know, just the stats on my phone. If I'm watching a game and seeing, you know, like who's doing this, who has, you know, some steals, who's, who has any block shots, like points in the paint, like not even just like player specific stats, but also just like team specific, like who's scoring off their, you know, points turn points off turnovers, like who's scoring in transition. So I definitely look at stats as a team now more. Um, but, early on like growing up i really never watched games as a whole i would say
0: you're kind of more focused on like the thing that you do
2: yeah yeah i was just yeah watching the point guards
0: and that yeah i mean that alone is really interesting you know now that you're invested in the game in a different way it's Mm -hmm. changed how you experience it um i also am a big box score follower guy Uh, i have it pulled up on my laptop and i'm always checking stuff after a play during a break between quarters, whatever. I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at, you know, uh, points, rebounds, blocks, assists, steals, whatever. But I'm also looking at nerdier stuff during game. Um, Isaac, you and I sit in the press box, uh, right next to each other whenever you go to games. And I don't think that you're a big box score guy. I don't think you have it pulled up very often. Um, but I know you, you, uh, are on the receiving end of a lot of my <laughs> just out loud observations, So uh, you kind of know a lot of the stuff that I pay attention to. But, yeah, I think uh, some people just aren't really big box score people, which I just don't really understand. I think it's just good to have as a reference. Like, oh, man, it feels like that guy can't hit the broad side of a barn tonight. Oh, yeah, he's one of nine. You know, yeah, maybe maybe I'm right there. But um, a big thing that I pay attention to is – and this is – much easier to see whenever you're at a game, as opposed to watching on TV, because whenever you're on TV, you're at the mercy of whatever, you know, is the, the mise-en-scene, right? Um, but when I'm at the arena, if the Mavs do something, like something well on offense, I like looking at the opposing bench. Um, because sometimes after something, maybe it's not even a very spectacular play or whatever, it's just a simple play. You'll see the head coach kind of like turn and look at assistant or go sit down and they'll like talk about something. And then the next time down, they defend it in a different way. Or, like, after the next time out, now they're not going to switch. They're going to double team. They're going to blitz Luka now because he's beaten him a couple times in a row. So you can kind of, like, you can sort of preemptively um, and start anticipating changes that they're going to make based on how they're reacting. Sometimes coaches are going to get pissed off. They're going to slam their clipboard down because, like, a dude messed up, and then two minutes later, they yank him from the game. So you really kind of get a, a, a up-close view of, of their thought process um, without having to hear what it is that they're saying. And then if you sit down low, uh, you can hear what they're saying sometimes, and that is also very interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, from from my bird's-eye view of the, the eagle's nest at American Airlines Center, um, I like, you know, I like seeing the plays develop from up there. You can really see the pieces moving around the board, but every now and then things happen that even I can't like anticipate because uh, from TV, it's a flatter angle and sometimes guys are out of frame or whatever. But whenever you see it from up top, the way that I do, you can really tell like, yeah, you know, Dorian's right by the corner. He's wide open. Luke is going to find him three, two, one. There it is shot. Like, it's not surprising, but every now and then there's a play that happens. That is really surprising. And uh, that is very, uh, that's very exciting to me. So I don't know. I, I kind of watch games to be uh, surprised. And then I also watch games to try and get in the minds of the, uh, the opposing coaching staff.
3: To your point about the box score. I love when, I love when you try, when, when you can match up, um, you know, eye test and the stats. And I, I think that's something I really enjoyed doing of, it's just blend, you know, it's a balance of, you know all the online arguments of like watch the games and you know do you watch games do you just look at the numbers nerd and you know bobby's never been called a nerd so when when you can when you can match up yeah, i was just telling
0: you about my pokemon go experience level uh, before this, <laughs> closing in on level 43
3: i'm excited for you thank you, thank you. when you can match up I test with box score with stats. I think that's a, a, a fun time of or challenging. I think it's challenging the other. I think it's and and then going into other games. Like if you know, you know, it, you know, I was reading all this stat earlier. It's like all right, lively Kyrie Luca plus eleven net rating. All right, that's cool. Let me. I really want to focus on those three together and see what's working. Uh, it kind of challenge you, give you something else to look at going into the next game. Of all right, my you know, this is what some stats and numbers are saying. Let me figure out why it's working in this next game as I'm watching and stuff. So um, I love the relationship of those two. You got to have both. And I love just how they play off each other.
0: I think one, uh, one I guess, like tip or one challenge that I have to viewers. And again, it's, it's, a, it's a different thing whenever you're watching on TV because, again, you are only able to see what is being shown on the TV, right? Whereas if you're at a game, you can just kind of roam around. And you can look at whatever you want. Um, but if you're watching on TV, the one thing that I would challenge you to do, just try it for a, a game, try it for a quarter, try it for, maybe you are a huge Luca fan. And so you want to watch Luca, but Hey, like Hawks wizards is on TNT tonight. Try it for Hawks wizards, watch a game or a quarter or a six minute stretch without ever looking at the guy that has the ball in his hands.
3: Hmm. Only
0: ever watch people that do not have the ball. That's offensive players. That's defensive players you'll be amazed at what you see. Like, you'll be Unless amazed you at which players are not being guarded. You'll be amazed at which players are good at recognizing when to cut, recognizing where the open space is. You'll be amazed at how much players move. Like, we think that uh, defense is not a thing in the NBA, right? Like, it's just nobody tries. You'll be amazed at how much these guys move on defense if you're not watching the ball, because the ball is generally, you know, moves faster than than the the players, but... The ball is generally the most stagnant thing on an NBA court. There is a whole mess of activity happening away from it that you're just going to completely miss if you're only watching the dude that has the ball in his hands. So I would really, really challenge you to do that. Um, and then, Austin, I'd be curious, too, to hear more about this because uh, not that I was, I was never a high-level basketball player, but I was also never a point guard. Um, it feels like, like, as a point guard, if you're trying to set up your teammates, not only do you have to know how to set up your team, like, you have to know how to make passes. You have to know like how to manipulate defenses, but it also seems like you got to know where those guys are, where they or where your, where your teammates are, uh, where they like the ball. Um, When they are about to cut back door, you can kind of anticipate it. Like you have to be able to know how that, what the defense is doing. You have to be able to know where your teammates like it. Like it feels like there's a whole universe of things that you have to be able to pay attention to um and that can kind of be the experience of a fan too uh it's almost like you're you're playing point guard you're like you can if you do this you can tell like that guy's open oh he's open give him the ball or like oh man don't try that driving at the center's gonna close down block it like it really feels like uh if you watch the game through those eyes then you can kind of get a better sense of what's going on too
2: yeah like you were saying like watch people without the ball at you know fans watching the game and they see you know like well why why did they drive it and go one-on-one like so-and-so was open in the corner but like if you're looking at it for, as a defensive standpoint and you see where all five of the defensive players are on the court then you're like oh I see now because you know there wasn't any help that defensive player wasn't you know like creeping in so the the paint was wide open or whatever it might be like yeah as a point guard that's that's kind of something that you're just like trained mentally to do is to see where the defenders are. And then from there, you look at your, you know, teammates and, and figure out what the best pass is or, or where they should go. But um, yeah, I I definitely recommend watching, you know, someone without the ball or just like watching just kind of focus on the defense and watching how like the defenses are guarding opponents um, a game or a quarter. Cause it, it really is interesting. And you, you like don't realize things that like are so obvious if you're paying attention, but when you're not, when you're just watching Luca or Kyrie or whoever, like you, you completely miss it. So, um, it it is something that I think people should try.
0: Yeah, it's like misdirection. It's almost like a magic trick. And yeah. how often, whenever you watch a game, is the announcer like, "Oh, he came out of nowhere." I'm like, no, he didn't.
2: Like, yeah, he <laughs> like was, was freaking was over. over past three possessions. He was getting, you know, like more and more and more in. and then finally, like that last play, like he went all the way over and got the stealer, whatever it might be. But yeah, like he didn't come out of nowhere. Passed three times down the court. He saw that was happening and kept creeping over,
1: or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. It's the game within the game. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, sorry, Isaac. It looked like you were going to say something. I didn't no, want I you was to get laughing at you the show again.
3: <laughs> I'm not going to leave the show. Get off. Again. <laughs> again.
0: You're allowed to do that once per episode. We got Frustration Station just off screen. But hey.
3: I will okay. say this. If you're watching still, today is triple vote day. That's right. I was supposed to say that way earlier. My bad. (laughs) Now I'm mad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I got Um, my votes
3: in. Austin got her votes in today. Uh, You could go to Mavs.com to vote for All-Stars. And uh, yeah, counts three times today. So go vote for your Mavs. Yeah, Mavs.com slash all-star. That is slash all-star, one
0: word, not slash all hyphen star. Um, If you go Mavs.com slash all hyphen star, you can vote for your 2016 NBA All-Stars. How about that? Uh, But if you go to all-star, one word, then you can vote for Luka, Kyrie, and all your other favorite Mavericks. Uh, Votes count triple today, next Friday, the Friday after that. So it's January 5th, January 12th, January 19th, and I believe January 24th. And Isaac, if I'm not mistaken, Luca currently the number one guard vote getter in the West.
3: Is that right? Yeah, let me pull this up. I went and deleted it since you didn't want to talk about it. Um, the first, the first results came in uh, for a voting, and yes, Luka Doncic, 1.4 million votes as far as the guard in the Western Conference ahead of Steph Curry at 1.3 SGA at. Nine hundred sixty-six thousand, uh, and then rounding out the top five James Harden, and then at fifth, above Anthony Edwards, John Morant, and Austin Reeves, is Kyrie Irving, fifth in Western Conference cards. Let's go. It's possible.
0: It's possible for him to break into the top two.
3: It's possible. It's it's a stretch though. He's at three hundred eighty-eight thousand, so uh he's got a lot of ground to make up.
0: Well, if every single person that listens to this podcast votes for Kyrie and then clears their cash and their cookies and votes for Kyrie again and clears their cash and their cookies and votes for Kyrie again, does that over and over again, like 100 times, 500 times, it's possible.
3: That's true. It's possible. All right.
0: You're only confined by the limits of your own imagination.
3: That's true. No Mavs in the front court are in the top three. LeBron, Kevin Durant, and Nikola Jokic. Kind of a mm. bummer. We got some ground to make up, guys. Very lively getting robbed. Kind of step up yeah. your game voting. That's tough. I've never even heard of those three
0: guys. <laughs> um, okay. Well, good stuff. This is a fun show. So, again, gets real. The Mavs play the Blazers tonight, second game of a two game series. It's always tough to sweep those, it's very tough to beat a team four times in one year as well. So, uh, we'll see if the Mavs can get it done. And then between now and next week, Dallas plays. The Wolves, holy moly. The Grizzlies withdraw and the Knicks. And then uh, I think the Pelicans – no, the Pelicans are uh, next Saturday. So we'll have a, a preview for that little baseball series coming up. But um, big, big, big stretch of games coming up. We've already run down some of the lists. It's going to be tough, but it is going to be some good basketball. And now that Luke and Kyrie are back, Hopefully Lively and Grant are back and Dante's back and hopefully Rashawn Holmes get back. Hopefully Max can get back. Hopefully the mass have one game this season where all 15 players are healthy and available and ready to go and we can see what they look like on the floor together. Um, but if not, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And uh, the three of us will be back together no matter what. I think next week is, am I right? Or will y'all be? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. I don't want to, I don't want to lie to our, our faithful fans. Um, so okay, any any final words, any parting shots before we get on out of here?
3: No, i was looking forward to an update on your resolutions next week. So uh we you, reading. Finished,
2: you might be finished with that book by next week.
3: I yeah. probably will, honestly. I'm already halfway through. We'll get a it book looks- update, we'll get a punctuation update.
2: Yeah, like and- try to send like two text messages by the next Friday with you know an emoji and an
1: exclamation mark.
3: And we have another week for Austin to figure out her phone.
1: Yeah, that's, that one's not, I don't know. That's not fixable at this point. I give up.
3: Folks,
0: can it be done? There's only one way to find out, and that is to tune in next week. Same time, same place in the Magic YouTube channel, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. On the corner three for Chopper and Cat off screen. For Austin and Isaac on screen. I'm Bobby. You're awesome. And we'll see you next week.